Hello everybody and welcome back to Slower Travel. I'm Ian and very sorry about the unexpected break in transmission last week, but I've been all poor, you might just be able to detect it in my voice there. Uh, woe is me and all that. We're starting a new four-part adventure today. In fact, me and Elle did this exactly a year ago. Uh, well, exactly a year ago, as long as you're listening, on the 29th of April, 2023. I'd already ducked the correct number of days if you tune in on a different date to that. Now, we headed over to Whitchurch for the night. It's Whitchurch over in North Shropshire, and it turned out to be quite eventful. Without spoiling things too much, we got stranded in the middle of absolutely nowhere after our bus from Northwich to Chester broke down. So, did we make it to Whitchurch? Well, you'll have to listen to the next four episodes to find out. Or you could, um, you know, skip this and the next two and then play the fourth one in the series to find out. But, you know, stick with it because you get context and all that kind of thing. There were a couple of really tight connections along the way including at the end of this first bus where we only had eight minutes to spare before catching the cat five bus from altrincham to warrington Uh, anyway this first bus is the 11a from stockport to altrincham stagecoach withdrew it a few months ago so it's the podcast's first ghost bus but does anything go wrong on this journey well we're about to find out so here we go brace yourself for the 11A from Stockport to Altrincham. See you in a minute. Slowertravel.co.uk Long story short, writes about traveling around the UK on local buses, which I admit is a bit of a niche hobby. I don't know, that sounds pretty cool to me. It's Slowertravel.co.uk Stockport is aglow this morning. An intense beam of light that could instantly cook a beetle glints from a southbound train as it crosses the town's viaduct. Painted by Lowry, loved by all, it's been an indelible symbol of home to Stockfordians for over 180 years. Although the sun has its hat on, most people milling around Merseyway are still in their coats. Shades are perched atop foreheads, ready to battle the rays as the clock ticks upwards. On board the 11A, most commuters flick their phones and kindles to life, while one woman shakes her head at a desolate tuna baguette that's destined to remain half-eaten. Cut with a miserly squidge of mayo, without even a shard of iceberg to liven it up, it has the look of the last butty in the shop. As we've not even reached 9am, I dread to think how barren the one she's rejected must have been. We set off and zip down the slope of Exchange Street, passing the Garrick Theatre. It's the oldest of all the UK's amateur theatres, and despite the clunky 1960s facade, it's been on the same site for more than a century. A little further on, a more recent addition is the Stockport Pyramid. A mere three-decade-old sapling, it's Greater Manchester's most bizarre corporate building. This glass ziggurat should have been one of five along the River Mersey, a valley of the hatters, if you will, because Stockport used to be the centre of the the hat-making industry uh, in the world. So there you go. But 
the developers went bust after building the first, defaulting it into the possession of the cooperative bank. The co-op, however, they couldn't persuade any companies to move into what Mayans, Aztec and ancient Egyptian cultures all built as elaborate tombs with a view. So, after lying empty for three years, they decamped there themselves in 1995. Over the way from the pyramid and the skeleton of the Woolpack pub, a cleaner in a tabard awaits her bus, the Henry Hoover at her feet too cumbersome to slog up the hill to Edgeley. We pass on through Cheadle Heath, past a succession of old print works and into Cheadle itself, where we pass the turning for Cheadle Town FC. Although Manchester United and latterly Manchester City are regulars on the European stage, Cheadle, who play in the 10th tier of English football, have racked up almost as many air miles as their illustrious neighbours. They've played against seven national teams, including being the only British side to take on Cuba. Apparently, Fidel Castro became an admirer. They faced Cruz Azul in front of 65,000 supporters at the Azteca Stadium in Mexico City, hosted a Jairzinho soccer school, while a pre-season friendly against Stour Bucharest somehow led to a match against Russia's under-19s. As the first team had played the day before, Town sent their own youngsters out, even though they had a match themselves that same morning, and were wellied 22-0. I pulled off a few good saves, maybe even some world-class ones. Goalkeeper Steve Piggott, one of the few senior players in the squad that day, told the Independent. I probably kept the score under 30. The chunky wooden chainsaw sculpture on Cheadle Village Green is of Scotch Bob. He was a Robbie Burns quoting horse-drawn bus driver, real name James Telford, who moved to the area from Cannonby in what was then Dumfriesshire in the 1870s. It's a rare statue of a non-dignitary, just a local hero who drove the same route to Didsbury from his adopted hometown every day for the thick end of 40 years. The road between Cheadle and Gatley is archetypal suburbia. Semi and detached houses with the last browning remnants of magnolia flowers defying the gusts of wind that tried to dislodge them groundward. Even the apple and cherry blossoms that are in full burst will graffiti the pavements with their confetti by the end of next week. The bus stops for a moment outside Gatley Memorial Park, where figurines hold hands and roses canter around its raw iron archway. It leads to a calm slither of greenery between a car park and a row of takeaways. That's not to say Gatley is in any way grim. It's one of the swisher parts of Stockport, an outer tendril of the Cheshire Sets hangouts, but one they'd only really use if they couldn't book a table in Wilmslow or Alderley Edge and they were down to the last million. The gear change over the Manchester border into Withenshaw isn't as clanging as it used to be. The largest council estate in Europe when it was first built during the interwar years. These days, you're more likely to find executive homes on its outer reaches than those with corrugated metal roofs. Besides, those 250 or so tin townhouses, the rarest type of home in the city, are all on the other side of Withenshaw, and this is a mundane run through what looks like a mundane part of the area. We'll whisk through the middle of Sharston Industrial Estate. 
It has the big hitters like Travis Perkins, Screwfix and Stagecoach to the right, and smaller firms, Longley Lane Carpets, AM Ingredients and Pinder Blades lined up to the left. The latter have been churning out industrial blades for over 200 years, and even had a display at the Great Exhibition in 1851. Industrial estates are great. The high streets are things the public needs, but doesn't want to see, hear or smell. An infinite number of widgets and parts and supplies emerge from these exiled units, and while you'd struggle to call them beautiful, they're at least interesting. There's always a firm you'd never think of, one you never thought could even exist. We stumbled across somewhere that buys and sells used workshop tools from schools the other week, which is just about as niche as it's possible to be. But these obscure ventures all have a home on your nearest industrial estate. I mean, I'm not saying go and visit one or anything like that, it'd be a bit odd, but, you know, you, you might enjoy it. I expect there's uh, the odd person out there who who goes around cataloguing industrial estates and, and, and visiting them. It's no, um, it's no weirder than doing a podcast about sitting on buses, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, uh, anyway, enough of that. We'll, we'll crack on again. Our connection time in Altrincham is a slender eight minutes, so the traffic jam as we reach Northenden sets the nerves jangling. Still, we're treated to watching a magpie dissect a worm while we wait, slicing off segments that yanks the poor critter from a communal lawn. It turns out the queue is because of workmen cleaning away dead pigeons from beneath one of the motorway bridges that help cleave Withenshaw into neat quarters. While that'd need a row of cones and temporary traffic lights, I don't know, but it puts our plans for getting to Warrington in jeopardy. By the time we're past the guy jabbing at nests with a broom, we're running almost ten minutes late. A gingerbread cottage gatehouse guards the entrance to the wide expanse of Wivenshaw Park. There's a BMX track in the final stages of construction, with big jumps and tight berms that look like the insides of conch shells. The streets around Moor Road tram stop look like how outsiders expect Wivenshaw to look. Squat council houses and flats looking out onto petrol stations, big box stores and anonymous offices. Tesco, Aldi and Lidl face each other across one junction as we rejoin Altrincham Road. The verges on this stretch are running riot, or perhaps the knee-length grass, dandelions and occasional patch of bluebells are being left to rewild. Either way, Trafford Council have other ideas to, or more funds available than, their Manchester counterparts, with the greenery sculpted again as soon as we cross into Timpoli. It's all changed as we reach the main drag too, with the last of the original passengers swapping seats with shoppers heading the last couple of miles into Altrincham. A group of four old ladies take up residence in the front seats, with the most senior and shortest among them talking in an incredible polyphonic voice. Squeaky yet gruff, she's part way between Betty Boop and Phyllis from Coronation Street. Timpoli's most famous son is Frank Sidebottom. There's a statue of Chris Seavey's creation right by the crossroads, giving a thumbs up to those having a brew in Costa. 
It even has a faithful, full-colour recreation of his papier-mâché head. As with Marquis Smith of the Fall, Frank is easy to imitate in passing, but remains inimitable. His delivery, his absurdity, his sheer existence. The head was pretty much the least remarkable thing about him. Pre-Frank, Chris released the world's first computer game and music video on vinyl. True, the player had to copy the screeching sound of basic code to tape, then hope nothing had gone wrong before playing it back on a ZX Spectrum, but it was ingenious. Frank's universe would be the ultimate setting for a computer RPG. I'm not interested in high fantasy. Dungeons look like the type of place you could pick up a bronchial infection, and I'm in the camp that says you should leave dragons and orcs to their own devices. However, a world where you do the shopping for your mum, take Timply Big Shorts to the Altrincham and District League Cup final, and go for a fully clothed shower at Mike Joyce's house would be incredible. Trying to keep little Frank out of trouble, even though you are little Frank, would plumb inception depths of meta. Back to the bus, and the driver has scorched his way towards Altrincham. Whisper it, but we might just make this. We pull into the interchange with two minutes to spare, before the Cat 5 leaves for Warrington. If it doesn't leave early, we'll be alright. We can see it 50 yards away. The only problem is, there's someone in Paddington trousers, who must have heard our frantic time checks, and is hell-bent on sabotage. Never mind the like-a-zip method of merging queues, she insists that everybody, apart from us, disembark before she does. As most of the other passengers have renewed their bus pass at least a dozen times, it's a painful shuffle to the front doors, where the driver lends a steady hand in easing them all back to terra firma. Of course, Paddington stops to chat to the driver just while we're trying to jump off. Of course she does. There's nothing left for it. We'll have to say an apologetic excuse me. She moves a fraction of an inch. The bare minimum. And we squeeze past to begin our sprint walk for the next bus. The next 20 seconds are the longest of either of our lives. It's either catch this bus or wait an entire half an hour for the 5A. It just doesn't bear thinking about. We make it. Just. Don't worry, the driver of the Cat 5 says. I saw you waving your arms from all the way back there. What would you like? Two day tickets, please, I say between heaves. That's £11.90, thanks. Now go and catch your breath. And with that, he closes the door and pulls away. Warrington, here we come. God, what a relief, eh? It turns out that while the 11A is no more, it's pretty much been replaced by the 370, which it turns out part two is also the closest bus to my sister's house. So if you want to pop in, I'm sure that either she or my brother-in-law will put the kettle on or maybe light an impromptu barbecue for you, you know, if you ask nicely. I need to say thank you to a few people too, and that includes everyone who was up in arms about the podcast not going live last Friday. I think I'm going to have to record them a week in advance just in case of any more unforeseen calamities, so that's a podcast lesson learnt for the future for me. 
The show has also had its first piece of fan art too, so big up to me mum's fella Ray for building his interpretation of Eye Mouth, and if you don't know who Eye Mouth is, then go back and have a listen to the very first episode of the podcast and you'll you'll figure it. Uh, I'm going to put up some, twi- um, some twits, some pics of him on Twitter, Eye Mouth the uh, monster that is. Um, you can follow me on there on uh, Talking Turkey WB, the WB short for with Berkey, or the show's account, which is slower underscore travel. And if you want to send any pics or even any more disturbing epoxy resin models like Ray's done, you can also email me at ian at slowertravel.co.uk. Right then, that's us for another show. Join us again next Friday when we'll jump on the Cat 5 from Alty to Warrington. It's a weird name for a bus, but I'll explain that. Uh, Slower Travel is written, read, and sort of edited by me, Ian Burke. The music is by Mesita, and you can download all his albums for free over on mesitamusic.com. See you next time. Bye for now. Sixty-five from Buxton to Sheffield is the best. Slower travel, slower travel.co.uk is slower travel.co.uk.